This USA versus England and World Cup betting edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from Boosted Parlays. The same game uh, odds. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Thanksgiving free roll. Everyone who hits a football bingo in our contest will win $100 cash and a $100 gift card to the SGPN store exclusively on the SGPN app. Hey, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circa Las Vegas. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean, second the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money, Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? Dog. USA. USA. You. All right. How fly do we look in these? We these- got our USA soccer shirts, Ryan. Mere days after I tweeted <laughs> that soccer sucks and ties are pointless, <laughs> I was frustrated with the draw against Wales. But we're back. We're here. We got an awesome soccer-packed episode. Uh, laser focused. Su- super proud of Soccer Sean for mm. wearing a USA soccer shirt. Well, and the timing couldn't have been better. There was some. <laughs> we we ordered the shirts last minute. Literally, uh, you know, like 20 minutes before we start taping this episode. Get a knock on the door. The shirts are here. It is a <laughs> World Cup miracle, right? And, and the FedEx delivery guy like looks around. He's like. <laughs> Is this an office or an apartment? We, anytime someone drops off stuff, they go, "Whoa, what's going on in here?" <laughs> uh, we 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 have a high, a lot of crossover between FedEx, UPS, mailmen. So, shout out to uh, all the great uh, men, mostly men, some ladies who are fans people, of the show and deliver people. packages. Because I, I imagine you're 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 in the truck all day, or you're walking around, you put the earbuds it. in, catch up all the SGPN content. Shout out to those good folks, and of course. We're talking soccer and you can bet on all the world cup over at sports gaming podcast.com slash win bet sports gaming podcast.com slash W I N N B E T. Oh, Ryan, the British are coming. We're locked. We're loaded. We're ready for the world cup game on black Friday. Oh man. It is going to be a ton of fun. Get over there. Get a world cup parlay going. Spin that parlay wheel with win bet. So much to bet on. Bet big, win bigger. Offer subjects to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. See 21 year old and present in the state. We're played through. Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Right, we have uh, two guests on the show. Uh, later on the program, we'll be joined by Josh Landon of the Always Cheating Podcast. But before we get to that, we got to check in with the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Mr. Billy Bahate. What's up, Billy? All my information about the U.S. Mail comes from watching ten seasons of The King of Queens. <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, yes, one of my is, favorite he, shows. It it's, is. It's not it, great. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, that's a classic sitcom. His dad is great. His, I mean, he's awesome. Oh, you got Jerry well. Stiller. Check. Yeah. You got uh, Peak. Kevin James, Lisa Remini, pretty hot. Yeah, but yeah, that was when she was still trapped in the Scientology <laughs> box, I think. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, th- there's no shame in, in that show ending up on TV. No, very. It's a, it's a sitcom classic. All right, so Billy, we're bringing <laughs> you on. We're gonna we there's a couple like massive stories I feel like we have to hit on, and then we're gonna walk through the England um, American World Cup game. And just kind of talk some soccer stuff in general as far as betting. I feel like we get a lot of questions. I'm sure you do as well um, with the markets and everything. But before we get to that, there has been some huge news in the World Cup so far. Saudi Arabia knocks down Argentina. Of course, Saudi Arabia, I think, was 18 to 1. We were too focused on uh, Qatar for the bribe <laughs> <Yeah>. angle. <laughs> Should have looked at Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia wins over uh, Argentina 2 to 1. They were 18 to 1 on the three way line. And of course, the three way line is win, loss, or draw in 90 minutes in the group stage. There are no ties. Or Wait, sorry, there are ties. That's not the co- the phone number you call to talk to Patty C and Colby. <laughs> Um, so walk us through this game and, and uh, how, how did Saudi Arabia pull off this upset? Let me walk you through the first thing when you're covering soccer, there's no ties. Ties are what NFL players wear to court cases. There's draws. <laughs> draws. We have, okay. we have draws. It's draws. <laughs> when you're covering soccer, it's a draw. Like, there's, right. the, there's no ties here, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, well, I actually had bigger odds than that. Like when the, when the team lineup came out, because there was some, um, debate as to whether Messi would play or not. Once, once they saw Messi playing, Argentina moved from minus six hundred to minus nine hundred on the money line, which subsequently moved Saudi out to twenty-five to one. Wow! So it was it was even bigger than that because obviously once Messi's playing and he's not going to rest this game, everybody started piling on. Um, they were they were taking the handicap lines. They were taking Messi to score and Argentina to win. All of these different types of chalky bets. I mean, the bookies would have absolutely cleaned up today, um, no doubt about it at all. But I don't know what happened there. Like the the Argentina just needed to not lose that game, and they would have <laughs> equaled a world record. That was the, that was the craziest thing. They they were thirty six games unbeaten. They haven't lost a game for three years. Even a draw would have equaled the world record and a draw would have been a terrible result. A draw would have mean we were sitting there anyway, questioning their credibility to win the competition, uh, wondering if they were legit, wondering if like, you know, the tournament, suddenly they, they would freeze in the tournament. And to lose the game, I don't even know what, what to say. And it was like in a in, in a five-minute period where they just crumbled. Of course, in the first half, there is some controversy. Um, three goals disallowed from VAR, one proven to be onside. Um, because there's there's this ruling now which which says that um, you you have to your bo- a body part for a body part to be offside it needs to be a part that can score so anything below your elbow doesn't put you offside but the clothing that you're wearing that can put you offside no matter where it no matter where it's situated so they're kind of telling everybody to wear your extra small boy band shirts if you can <laughs> find it because your, your t-shirt can make you offside, which is ridiculous. So when you're looking at Qatar and Saudi and um, potential bribery angles, you don't want to leave anything to chance. You don't want to be able to give them the opportunity to give you offside or to disallow goals. Well, in this instance, Argentina had three goals disallowed 
And the one scored by Lautaro Martinez is very controversial. But there's still no excuse for coming out flat in the second half and allowing his team to, to score two goals against you. And then also having no creativity at all. Messi looked like a lost little boy out there who, who didn't know what was going on. He looked completely overwhelmed. Um, he, he didn't do anything. He didn't create anything. Argentina didn't create anything as a team. So I think, yeah, okay, they had loads of goals disallowed. But how did you come out that flat? How did you concede two goals against this team? How did you have no response at all? I think that's massively concerning for them. Obviously, a world record, which everybody expected to be talking about today, was not achieved. And um, and yeah, I mean, that that I, what, was, what was crazy is that that did not really have too much of a significant effect in the market where I didn't, I, I thought that, you know, as a second favourites being at five, minus, about plus 500, plus 600, they would have a massive drop. They haven't had a massive drop. Like, I wouldn't even take them at 10 to 1, 12 to 1 now. After watching that, I wouldn't take them. But yeah, they do you think this could far. be? Do you think this could be a wake-up call for them? Where all of a sudden, oh hey guys, come on, we can't mess around. Then all of a sudden they do go on a run. Do you think? Do you think in a weird way it could help them to lose like this? Or what they you haven't saw, lost in three years? They probably might. They maybe they don't know how to lose and respond to it. Well, that's yeah, it could go both ways. Do you think any chances is a wake-up call for them, or you just there was enough you saw out there that you didn't like that you're scared off? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about wake up call because I think that like everybody's coming in here to make a statement, and for them, uh, it's different to other teams because you're coming in chasing a historical record off the bat. Um, you've built this up for three years. You've got to 36 games unbeaten. You you can level it today, and you can break it in your next game. So for them, the incentive was already there to not come out flat. So you know, whereas like we're, we're watching this game now between France and Australia. For France, you know, they've been they've been flat for a while. For England, they've been flat for a while. So if they came out flat, um, that would that would make a lot more sense. But for this team, they're almost chasing a major historical accolade. Well, not almost, they were chasing a major <laughs> historical accolade. And that seemed to that seemed to get on top of them. I think the opposite thing could be true in terms of maybe that relieves a little bit of pressure. That record's gone. So now let's crack on with winning the tournament. On paper, you're better than Poland. On paper, you're better than Mexico. You should win those two games. But I'd be very concerned about their inability to break down a team like that. And also how they were physically outmanned by Argentina because yeah. uh, by Saudi Arabia, by Saudi Arabia, sorry, because Argentina, they're always the dirty physical South American team that you don't want to beat. They're gonna be gritty. Whatever they don't have in talent at every competition, they're gonna make up for it. This is a team that won a World Cup in 86, and their only world-class player was Maradona. They got to a final in 2014 and their only World Cup world-class player was Messi. So usually what they don't have in talent, they compensate with by being really gritty, really nasty, really horrible. And they <laughs> I didn't see that in this team at all. They 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 were outmanned by by Saudi Arabians. No so, junkyard dog in I mean, eight to one to win it all. Uh, and they're still the favorite to advance from the group at minus two twenty-five. So uh, yeah, that's uh, crazy. It, I guess it does, doesn't. I, I think that aided by obviously aided by that that second game being a tie, a draw. Oh my god, you made me do it. Um, <laughs> Ties are what yeah. uh, football players wear to court. <laughs> hey, uh, Billy. All right. As far as like betting this game or betting games in general, I know uh, this one. You said if it, it, uh, as far as winning both halves, you could have had a crazy outcome here, like five hundred to one. Of course, winning both halves means you have to win the first half like it's its own bet and then win the second half. Um 
as its own bet as if it's two separate parlays, right? Yeah, so to win both halves, um, Argentina started the game at um, 10 to 11 minus 110. So once they scored that goal in live, they were minus 400 to win both halves. So obviously the assumption was is that they'll win the first half and they'll go and win the second. The more interesting market is the halftime, full-time market, which is different to winning both halves. Winning both halves means you need to win two 45-minute periods. So it's like two, fo- two, it's like two soccer games. games. Yeah. Well, yeah, one 45-minute game and a second 45-minute game. The halftime full-time, which is a market that exists in the NFL as well, um, you know, quite widely available, means that you need to go in uh, up at the half and you need to go on and, and win the game. There's also markets that are draw. You, you can have like a draw and who wins at full-time. And you can also have one team to be winning at the half and then they go on to lose the game. So we've seen some, uh, this year particularly in the NFL, we've seen some good first-half teams that are terrible in the second half. Right, and some teams that are terrible yeah. in the first half and good in the second. Like uh, I think Indianapolis Colts, before Saturday took over, were 0-9 ATS yeah. at halftime. So, but in this instance, Argentina halftime and Saudi Arabia full-time, for Saudi Arabia to come back on Argentina was 500 to 1. Because oh it's God. just <laughs> Because that's just not supposed to happen. So... That's insane. Uh, what about now? I get. I, I don't even. Honestly, that's better than Austin Hooper two touchdowns. Um, it's pretty close. The it's it's, a, it's a, that was a hundred to one. Uh, what about the Asian handicap? Sometimes when you look at these spreads, you see, hey, England minus three quarters of a goal, and that spread it's called an Asian handicap. Sean, this is how you know when someone's been deep in the weeds over here in America, because a lot of the uh, the gray market places. Deal Asian handicap. So if you're if you're using one of those, you at you you, we get the question. I know I personally get the question a lot, so we'll let Billy answer it. But essentially, explain to people when they're betting a total with these Asian handicaps, or they're betting a side, why they see a half comma one. <laughs> yeah. So this is the question I get asked the most, and it's it's actually quite simple, but it's, but it's also like difficult to explain like the, the middle one. So it's easy just to go from the beginning and and then, and then work your way down. So when you see a zero, that's basically a pick. So that's going to be your 50, 50 line that comes with a push. If, um, if the game ends up being a draw. So that's when you see the Asian handicap line at zero, that ends up being a draw. When you see it at um, minus 2.5, that means that if you end up, um, if, so say for example, you took England zero minus two point five, you would have England to win the game. But if they ended up being a tie, you would only lose half of your money. So it's more of a commitment than the zero. But it's but it's but you still get half your money back if it's a draw. You lose your entire stake if USA end up winning the game. So that's zero point two five. Zero point five is just your money line. So England need to win. Um, if USA draw or, or or end up winning the game, you lose that. So 0.5 is simply your money line. When you get to 0.75, you're looking for England to win the game more convincingly. Now, the money line now only pays out half of the winnings for the money line. You need England to win by two goals in order to cash this fully. When you go to minus one, you end up with a push if England win by one goal. So there's no payout at all if England win by one goal, but there is a refund if they do. But you need to win by two goals to get any kind of profit. So that's the difference between zero point seven five so and minus one. 
and so when you sorry, go. No, I was just going to say for this game, I I know I have it on good authority that this game is being, uh, for example, like the first half where we've been talking a lot about first half markets. The first half market for the England USA game is being dealt as zero comma a half for England or minus a half for England. So basically, that would mean that if you bet that, let's say you were going against England, like Benedict Dant probably will, <laughs> or against the USA, like Benedict Dant will, half your bet goes on a pick'em, half your bet goes on minus a half, essentially. Yeah, essentially that 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 that's oh. what's going on. Yeah. So if it was a draw, you would get half your money back, right? Basically, yes. Okay. All so right. what's what's diabolical is how they do this for no other sports. And all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people betting on the world cup. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, even a lot like, of questions. like, for example, my first half unders, a lot of them are a half comma one, or like, for example, Argentina was one uh, comma one and a half. So I actually, I pushed half my money and I won half my money on that one. So, oh yeah. So if it was one zero, obviously exactly. the one is the push. And then you win on the under one and a half, you get two bets for one. I mean, some say that's uh, that's a better situation. <laughs> All right, so the eagle. Uh, yeah, I mean the line. The line today was the line today was minus two, so that was your that was your ten to eleven, ten to eleven minus uh, minus one ten line today. So Argentina it needed to win by three goals for you to win any cash on that. If they won by two goals, you would have ended up with a push. If they won by one, it was a loss, and obviously they lost the game entirely. So that was a loss. So that line was nowhere near cashing. So let me so ask you this then, as cool. just general cool. handicapping, like are are you if you're looking for a full game or a half market, are you generally playing the the draw line or or whatever whatever the uh, you know team A team B or draw market, or are you generally playing the the spread markets or or whatever the the handicap it, markets are called? It really depends on the it really depends on the odds. Like yesterday. Um, I, I I had a small I, I had a small lean towards if anybody won the game I liked Wales as an as an underdog, but I but I but I also took the I also took the draw as my main play, so I, I think if I was looking at that game and I and I fancied the draw I think that market is really for if you really think there's a possibility of a draw if somebody's carrying in a very very strong draw trend but you do strongly feel that um, one team is better than the other but they have a habit of drawing. Then that's then that's definitely the market to play. I mean, a, a team in the EPL, for example, um, Brighton, who are like who seem to be dominating games but having draw after draw after draw. Um, they don't actually they weren't actually losing a lot of games as a result of it, but they they weren't able to get over the line with the wins. So that they were a very good team to to get in the draw no bet or the pick market. Um, but as, essentially, it's always down to the odds. Like if there's if there's no value on it, you may as well go to the money line, and that's also where the um, where the zero point two five goes in. That's an important that's an important market because zero point two five is you're half committed to the money line, but you're also going to get half your money back. If you're someone who's going to do a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar bets, and you're a serious better, that does offer you up a lot of protection to get half your money back if the team don't get over the line. So it's all about judgment. Um, I, I would never comment on. How would approach a game uh, without blindly, without seeing what game it was and what the odds were for it? But yeah, there's there's loads of ways in. Um, but zero to zero point two. If you're not sure, 
0.25 does give you but a best of both where you will get half your money back for the draw. Now, now real quick question. How do you root for a draw? I, I mean, I saw you gave out, you had USA <laughs> Wales, right? Uh, you gave that out. You hit that on the draw. I, I just like my brain can't comprehend how I root for the draw. You so the game starts and you're just are you rooting for no scoring? Are you rooting for hey whoever scores and yeah. then you're immediately rooting for the other team? I guess I just can't wrap my head around that. I, I think when when there's a talent discrepancy, you're looking for the underdog to score first, and then all of a sudden the balance will shift and they'll sit in defensively to try and protect what they have. And then you're looking for the good team to not score immediately and for the underdog to put up some resistance before they before the favorite scores. And then you want to basically ride out the end of the game. That would where I'd, that's where I'd be looking at it. Yesterday's game kind of played out well because the USA are a high intensity team who press hard and Wales are trying to sit in on the counterattack. So with USA scoring first, um, Wales had to come out and play. And USA had a little bit less energy in the last 30 minutes of the game, which is when Wales scored. That also could have played out another way, where if Wales had scored on the counterattack whilst USA were doing all the pushing, the pattern of the game wouldn't have changed. Wales would have said, okay, you've done all the pressing. We've gone, we've gone up the other end and scored. We've exposed the gaps in the field. And the game pattern wouldn't have changed because USA would have just carried on and Wales would have just carried on sitting there. So... Either way, the goal in that game didn't really affect it too much because there wasn't a significant favorite. But you're right. Um, the the best way, ideally, in a perfect world for a draw, is for it just to be an absolute bore fest. Um, we saw a <laughs> we saw two nil nil draws today. Yeah, and nil nil draws in this tournament are going to be something to look at because it's still pretty hot. I see this narrative out there where people are saying, "Oh, there, there's air conditioning on the fields and." It's been moved to the winter in Qatar. Yeah, but a winter in Qatar, in Qatar is like a winter in Florida, or, or, or you know, it's still it's still the Middle East. It's still going to be pretty hot, especially when you're looking at one p.m. kickoffs. So well, and it and it yeah, especially it, you like real quick today. Um, it seemed like maybe even Mexican Poland, uh, Denmark, Tunisia, uh, they were both zero zeros, and those. You know this this France Australia game that's being played later. It's already two one at half. Are we looking to do some some time trending? So maybe that's where it is. Is is really looking in on it? Um, you know, as far as like the time of when uh, that goes down. All right, let's get to the England versus America, a, a rivalry that goes back all the way to the uh, middle seventeen hundreds. Right now, I'm seeing over on WinBet. It doesn't go back further than that, Sean. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, looking at the the uh, three way line, England minus one seventy, draw plus three ten, USA plus five hundred. Billy, walk us uh, walk us through this game. Yeah, I can't remember what World Cup it was, but I believe the greatest. Uh, they say the greatest upset in history was some World Cup in the fifties where USA beat England. And they always bring it up when there's a result like today. Uh, the commentator went um, Cameroon beating Ar Cameroon beating Argentina in 1990, USA beating England in not, and I forget what year it was. Um, I think it was the first World Cup after the war, though. Um, so yeah, I um, you know that that that's a big historical result. But I don't know if we had gambling then. So nobody's <laughs> ever told me the odds. I always I base everything on odds. Um, 
you know, Leicester City winning the Premier League, Buster Douglas knocking oh, out Tyson. Yeah. Unless you can give me the odds, <laughs> I cannot correlate what type uh, of upset it was. I'm unless sure there are actual odds there. Yeah, I'm sure there were some DJs getting down on some uh, in the fifties. Yeah, I mean, horse We're, racing was huge. Did, did Italians exist? <laughs> yes. Okay. I just can't imagine they were playing sports and people weren't gambling on it. That uh, that nineteen. It was a uh, nineteen fifty. USA won one to nothing. It was dubbed the miracle on turf. Uh oh, maybe they were playing mm. this in a dome. Uh, U.S. had lost seven straight international matches by a combined score of forty-five to two coming into <laughs> oh the game. Oh my god, uh, that's insane! They were considered massive underdogs. However, the English players were a little too cocky for their own good. <laughs> this was this was America's only win at the World Cup that year. Ooh, okay. Uh, so we just and the, line, and the line was what, Craig? Yeah, I, I don't. And the have, line was what? We'll have to. I'll keep researching. We'll we'll have to figure that out. All right. So walk us through this uh, game. I know they gamble. They gamble in Peaky Blinders. The team <laughs> yeah. the, and I know that's set. That's set in some point at that time. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that maybe we'll find a line somewhere. Um, sorry, go on. No, no. Let's let's talk this game. England, USA, uh, USA. Obviously, a big dog here. But walk us through. Uh, what you think's gonna happen, and what what how the how the game could shake out here? It's an interesting one because it's it's played out exactly as I spoke about when I was last here, which yeah. was the I, I very much thought the Wales and USA were even, and that could be a tie, a, a draw, um, and then um, and then it, and England beat Iran. So if England do win this game against the US. Then you will see um, England rotate their players against Wales. I still expect a rotated England team to beat Wales, so I don't think it's going to be tragic if the USA lose this game. And I ultimately do think results will be decided against Iran. One one little asterisk, kind of off the subject, but but not really that I want to mention. I don't think Iran are as terrible as the six two. Mm. Um, you're going to see a lot of this in this tournament. Australia tried it just now, didn't work. Um, Tunisia did it successfully today. Poland did it successfully today. You're going to see teams sitting with a low block, and that's a way of trying to stop the better teams from playing. So whereas some of these group stage games, me and Sean have already spoken this week, and he said some of the games are boring. <laughs> that's that's because you have um, you have stronger teams who are ranked in the top 10, top 15 against teams that are between 30 to 60 playing each other. And they, their best way to get anything from the game is to sit in with a low block. So that's what Iran was supposed to do. They didn't do it successfully against England because England scored. Um, it didn't help that their first choice goalkeeper was cut, was off the pitch and injured with a broken nose. So that substitute goalkeeper was in no man's land. Once the favourite in these situations score, then the entire game plan that these teams spent like the whole the whole few, the whole four or five days orchestrating goes out the window because it's like, okay, our whole plan is containment. If we can't contain, we now need to go out and play and we need to go and force a goal against this much better team. That leaves gaps. And then you see a result like this 6-2 demolition that we saw. <laughs> don't make you no, don't make that the the way that you judge Iran. They're not as bad as you think. They're actually better than Qatar. They're better than Saudi Arabia. They're they're the best Asian team in this competition still. So don't don't automatically think that oh USA and Wales are going to steamroll Iran. I'm already seeing loads of that um, in the media here, where they're talking about uh, can Wales afford to 
rest Gareth Bale because Gareth Bale's fitness isn't 100%. Absolutely ridiculous. You can't rest Gareth Bale against Iran. So moving back on to, to this game, I, I don't know if USA are going to take the approach where they give England all this respect and they become the team that sit in. Because looking at the way that they played with these young players, they went to go and attack the game by the throat against Wales. Um, these young players believe that they can do things. When you've got people like McKenney and Pulisic in your team, I don't think they want to be playing in teams that sit in defensively and turn around and basically admit these players are much better than us. Uh, we're going to sit in and we're going to just try and counterattack to win this game. So I don't know what kind of tactical approach they'll take. Ultimately, that's not going to be the player's call. It's going to be down to the US. And when you look at USA's record coming into the tournament, um, they failed to score two goals in a lot of their games against teams that are equal to them. And I do feel that they will sit in in this game. So I think you're looking at something along the lines of England to win. Uh, which on the money line is not appealing because it's about minus 180, but then tacking on under three and a half goals or, or under four and a half goals to it because I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think USA are going to take that sit-in approach, even though you know the likes of McKenney and, and, uh, and Sargent and Pulisic aren't going to like that. I think that's what the manager is going to make them do. This is why everyone hates the manager. I to, I told you this. <laughs> the guy sucked. We we had uh, a friend of the program, Ryan Connor, through watching Sunday football. He's a big soccer guy. First question: Hey, how you feeling about uh, the manager? Sucks. They got they got to have a they can't have a great result because then he'll be back for the next World Cup. So oh, so they're almost they're almost worried about. Um, Look, yeah. if they beat England, there's a chance that they keep this guy. No, I mean. So for me, the play is obvious. USA plus five hundred backs against the wall, coming in hot. I think England's uh, choked before, and I actually did find and and they're coming off a massive win. Ryan, what better? We see this all the time. What better time to fade a favorite uh, when they're sitting around smelling themselves after a six-two win? So I don't have odds for the match back in nineteen fifty, but I do have a little bit more detail. England had already beaten Chile two nothing. U.S. had lost to Spain three to one. And at the time, the odds for the English to win the World Cup was three to one, and the U.S. was five hundred to one. Okay, so it would be similar to like a Brazil. Honestly, the England uh, Iran odds like not quite far apart. Or probably so similar to Argentina Saudi Arabia as far as like their tournament odds. Uh, Br Brazil versus Cameroon maybe yeah. is in the same. I I just don't think. I mean, to 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 for the U.S. back then to have been outscored forty-two to two or whatever, forty-five <laughs> to two over a seven-game losing streak, uh, that's just unbelievable. Um, almost like back in seventeen seventy-six, <laughs> we're a ragtag army. Yeah, I mean, Sean, you're are you doing it? You're gonna bet on the U.S. again and then get mad at so and blame soccer when yes. you lose. Brian, cue the music. All right, hold on. It, it, it's cued. <laughs> it's cued. Let me just unmute it. All right. Do we not hear anything? Don't hear the music, but um, oh, here we go. America, America. Look out, Billy! Here we come. Yeah! Oh yeah! Five Listen to that, right? Come on! Five, Five to one. one! Let's go! USA! USA! Billy, I have some serious questions though. Um, are there any sort of 
It seems like you're leaning towards the under as far as goals scored. I have some serious questions. Do you have any sort of uh, fun props? I know WinBet has uh, first player to score. There's obviously uh, prop bets like corners, which I have no idea how you would how you would handicap that. Obviously, exact score also. So any other bets outside uh, of that that you like that you think are interesting? Um. It's it's a difficult one because I I really don't know how USA will will approach the game. I think if they try to play England toe to toe, you could see something similar to what we ended up seeing in the in the Iran game, but obviously to a, a lesser extent. England aren't a defensively solid team, so I only lean I don't lean towards the under as in under two and a half goals. I think that would be an insanely risky bet. I would I would tack on a under. Um, with England winning, but it will be a juice under like the under three and a half or an under four and a half. So it's two, it's two juice selections together, giving yeah. you a, giving you a plus money selection overall, because I do think England have enough quality to win the game, but I would not, I wouldn't say that USA couldn't score in this game. Eng- England have been conceding very freely in, um, in 2022. So both teams to score could be a way to to play this. Um, oh. As for the, the corners angle, um, I think England in the corners handicap. What have Winbet got the corners handicap set at? Yeah, I'll pull that four? up. I'll pull that up right now. They have all right, so okay, this is all uh, they have a all right. Mo they have most corners. England is minus three seventy, draw is plus seven hundred, USA is plus three sixty, and then they have the total corners set um Oh, let's see. Oh no, England's corners set at over under three and a half with some crazy juice both sides. So under three and a half, England corners is plus three fifty. Over three and a half is minus six sixty seven. What are we doing here? Uh USA corners is set at one and a half, but again, crazy juice. It seems like the real line is USA two and a half. That seems like somewhat even juice. And then um total corners looks like Probably sitting at like nine and a half, um, but there's a lot of crazy juice. How would you? Do you have? How do you break down a corners market? You do, you basically look for um, who's going to be on top of the game, um, which 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 will be England will have more ball possession and whether they actually attack from those areas. So when you have um, Harry Kane in your team and you decide to go with um, Kieran Trippier, in fact. England have two two fullbacks in their squad that do that. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kieran Trippier, and on the other side, they've gone with Luke Shaw, who's the, the main left-back there. All of these players put balls into the box looking for Harry Kane. Um, in addition to that, England scored um, from crosses in their first two goals against Iran. The second goal was from a corner where Harry Maguire nodded it down to Saka. So that's an area they'll be looking to to be more dangerous from, so they'll work on they'll work on their set pieces, which is what this is, which, which is what corners are called. Uh, corners and free kicks select, uh, collectively are called set pieces. So if you guys hear that in the commentary, that's what they're talking about. And um, yeah, we have set piece specialists, which are the guys that put the ball in. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that you know in, in set piece markets, England are England are a good play in all of the games where they're expected to have more of the ball position ball possession. But um, but yeah, I mean, th- as I said, th- this is a difficult game to to handicap. Other than simply taking England on the on the money line, um, it's difficult to see what kind of approach USA are going to take. When you have all of these young players 
Um, they're not going to want to sit in in this low block and be defensive. i tell you one thing they will do. If you have the prop there, they are going to get themselves booked. They're definitely going to get themselves more yellow cards because you saw that exuberance against Wales already. And I think against England, it's going to be even more. When you have Joe Biden attempting to talk and, uh, and <laughs> attempting to rile you up uh, before a game, I mean, this is one of those things where they needed to they needed to get Trump in. I think like I think the Trump I think Trump's phone call would have been a MC. lot better. I think <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Them listening to Trump's pep talk. Just have the Rock do it. But yeah, we need we need some, like, we, need well, some yeah, non, exactly. we need some non political <laughs> figure that can rally the Rock America instead cut, of being divisive. The Rock cut a promo for all of the oh, world before it, the Super Bowl. I mean, the Rock gets people hyped about the XFL. <laughs> he can get them hyped I about. Mean. World Cup. All right, Ryan, what's your pick? USA well, I, England. Well, I I don't want to be a, 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 a I don't want to Benedict. As we know, Benedict, Ryan's about to drop England money line. As on we the show. know, Benedict Arnold uh, betrayed the city, the great city of Philadelphia, well, giving also, information you, to the filthy Redcoats. Have you heard? The, the, I've I've noticed a little nervousness in Billy's voice. Uh, when he's talking about hey, he doesn't know how the what the uh, Americans yeah. are gonna do. Well, no, what you didn't catch was he's like one outcome could just be like Iran if they try. Basically, if they try hard, what they're the young players want to do, they're gonna get their ass. Or he's kicked not worried he's because this is gonna look like one of those situations where the <laughs> USA basketball team used to show up and it's just like oh that's cute. You have a couple guys that play in our league, uh, that's nice. So I don't want to I don't want to Benedict. I don't want to okay. give information to the Redcoats. But will I? Will I? I was. Uh, you know, you can build your own bets on, on soccer. Bets. On slash Feeling pretty fit in the prop building market right now. So we're going to take USA plus one and a half. Oh, okay. And both teams to score. Ooh, I plus, like this. Plus 150. Okay, I'm going to co sign that. USA uh, <laughs> plus now, one and a half on the goals and uh, both teams to score. Yes. So if they get one goal, you're pretty good because you, well, Basically, they they lose. They can <laughs> lose by a goal. Okay. Now, if you really want to be uh, diabolical, you no. I'm not actually. I'm not even going to say it out loud. I'm, I'm gonna not going to say it out I'm loud. I'm going to keep it simple, USA, because I, I don't want to have to be in a situation <laughs> where I'm uh, scratch that off the record. I don't want to have to be in a situation where I'm rooting for England to score a goal. Never going to happen. Uh, Billy, before we let you go, you, I know. Just to be clear, though, are you what are you, are you taking the money? Because you were very upset when you took the USA money line against Wales, and then found out that, or at the end of the game when it was a tie and you lost, you're like, "Where's the overtime?" No, I didn't say that. Yeah, I <laughs> I had figured it out before, but um, why is there not can, overtime? If you can if you can build a bet there, like if you, it's a bit chalky, but. I mean, if you can have England most corners, USA most bookings, and England money line, like if that can Ooh. get you, if that can get you into plus money, that could be a way to go as well. I imagine it could because England aren't super juiced there. They're not one of those 300, 400 favorites. They're they're only minus they're under minus two hundred yeah. over here. So, so yeah. yeah, that could be a way to Whoa. go because I, I do I do think USA will pick up a few bookings here. Just 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 in just in terms of like being very very hyped about it. Knowing that they, knowing that they need something from the game, all your players are young. So, and also, you know, it's not just a case of the, the England players can get you, can get you booked. We're seeing that in these tournaments where, you know, you can you can get people booked as well. Like it's not it's not just a case of USA players getting themselves booked. The combination of more experienced players can get you booked as well. Uh, so yeah, there, there is there is that element too. Uh, so yeah, I'll actually go draw no bet. USA plus three forty five, Ryan. You talked to me because USA getting a draw against England 
would be good for them. So I want to be able to um, not be mad. If yeah, you want to celebrate a good result. Yes. What do you mean it ties a result? <laughs> Colby draw. Sorry, draw. I will say we didn't get into this with Colby when we were in the office discussing it, but for a guy who likes a three nothing football game, <laughs> his hatred towards a a draw is almost it's there's a little nonsensicalness in there. All right, uh, Billy. Before we let you go, your quick instant reaction to Ronaldo no longer being part of Man U. Of course, you can check out uh, all the Man U shows and on the Soccer Gambling Podcast feed. Before Billy, before you start, I will say uh, the interview did make its way over to America with Piers Morgan. Oh, I mean, this guy is an all-time douche. He he's Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Russell Wilson, like uh, the, all, just all the head cases put into one. And he seems like he's very emotional. Listen, let me let me just say let me just say something quickly there, it's because of the two names you mentioned are very very different people. Aaron Rodgers, I met Aaron Rodgers over here. He was walking around. The kids call him over. He came over. He talked to everybody. Just 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 bullshit chat. Like, are you looking forward to the game? Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to all this kind of stuff. Did did pictures with every kid. Signed every autograph. Russell Wilson walked around in the UK with a head with his headphones on and two <laughs> security guards, two personal bodyguards that he bought over with him that did not let you get near Russell Wilson. So I think when we look at these two historically and compare, you know, where they are in the history of football, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson aren't going to be near each other. Yet when they came over here, one acted like he was a normal guy and one acted like he was Michael Jackson. Like you would, you would think it was Michael Jackson or the Royal. I've seen, I've seen the Royal family like walk around with less security guards than, than this. So that's you great. Could, you, you couldn't, you, you couldn't get nor, you couldn't get near him. Like, like yeah, I was there and like my kids. I, I was like, oh, that's the guy. I was like, don't even bother. He was like, Russell, Russell. He goes, he goes, you need to. St-. And the guy was like, sorry, you need to step back. Like it's like there was nowhere to step. Two, like, no, no, nobody was anywhere near this guy. So, wow. yeah, I don't think those those two can be compared. Um, Ronaldo, he does he does stop for children. He does have his own. He has actually two security guards as well, two twin brothers. Um, he was the only player at Manchester United while he was there that had that. Uh, these two twin brothers drive around everywhere. But you know, when you're the most famous person in the world, according to Instagram followers, that makes a lot more sense than Russell Wilson. Um, but in in terms of how I feel, I would have liked Ronaldo to be massively successful. I mean, if we pan up here, I don't know if we can see this. Is this on Ronaldo? Oh yeah, you got you got the Ronaldo up there. Yeah, that that that's my that's the most prominent place in my in my in my apartment. That's above my bed. I see that every every night. So <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I see that with my, no matter good, what. Good night, Ronaldo. Bedroom, I'll, see, I'll see it. Yeah, no matter what I do in this bedroom, I'll see Ronaldo. So. um so yeah, I mean that's how I, that's how I feel about him. But um, I wanted it to work out. But when you can see that it's not, when we drop from second to sixth, there is a Ronaldo problem. When all of the other players um, don't make any advancements, like you know, you're talking about all our players in their early twenties um, who who are looking to become. You know, we don't have world class players, but we 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 have a developing team, and everybody's progress like stood still last year but Ronaldo still got his 20 goals. And a lot of people were turning around and saying, you can't blame Ronaldo, he got his 20 goals. But I go to the games and I can see how he talks to these young players when they don't pass to him and how much pressure everybody's under to make sure Ronaldo gets his share of the ball. 
And then this season, without him there and the games he didn't play, we beat Liverpool, who last season beat us 4-0 and 5-0. We beat them. We beat them 2-1. But can you imagine losing two games, 4 and 5-0, and then you beat the team and the difference is Ronaldo's not playing and we've got a new manager who doesn't play Ronaldo. Then we beat Tottenham and then we beat Arsenal, who are five points clear at the top of the league. They've had one defeat and the only team that beat them was Man United without Ronaldo playing. So, and then you add to that, every time he's on the pitch, we, we don't win games. We have a 25% win rate this season with Ronaldo playing. So all of the numbers, and I am a numbers person, um, say that Ronaldo is, doesn't help you. And then when you watch the games as well, and you see how, 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 he, how he reacts to players, the fact is, is that, you know, he's not taking the chances that he used to take. A Ronaldo who scores the, the number of chances that he takes from the expected goals, which is a, a popular statistic in America, uh, expected goals conversion, what used to be ridiculously high from Ronaldo, to see that dip in his current season and last season as well, shows you that he's not the same player. And when you have all that baggage with him making other players unhappy, with his insistence on playing, with us having to play a different style because we're trying to evolve and move over to a, a pressing style, a high-intensity style, and we're trying to do it with a striker who's in the bottom 1% in world football of strikers <laughs> who press because he just wants the other players to get the ball and to give it to him. He wants everybody else to do all the work. And I understand he's, he's unbelievable for a 37-year-old. And if he does go to Portugal and he goes to the MLS, all those other kids, they'll do the running around for him. They'll get the ball to him and they'll score the goals because they'll be unbelievably happy to be playing with Ronaldo. It doesn't work at Manchester United, who are a team chasing Champions League football. So for the betterment of the team, it's better that he's gone. It's good that they put out the statement that said it was by mutual consent, which means that nobody is suing each other. Um, so yeah, I think it's the best possible outcome. Sorry for the long answer. No, but no, no way too, I, I will say he's, I, he's I, very soft, it seems, to, to, to fail in England. Um, I wonder if he'll uh, if the media over here will give him some troubles. <laughs> Can't handle the the hot uh, MLS. You better not come to those, New York. Those tough, yeah, those <laughs> tough beat reporters in the MLS are going to really grill him. Uh, Billy, always appreciate you calling in. Make sure you subscribe to the Soccer Gambling Podcast with Billy Bahate. And uh, worst of luck on Friday, USA, <laughs> USA. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. Hey, Thanks, Ryan. Guys. Thank you. Hey Ryan, before we get to Josh Landon, got to shout out our other buddy, Dave. That's right. Dave is your, um, it's the, it's the perfect app. If you're a little strapped for cash, get holiday season coming. We've all been there. You're a little pressed for cash. I know back in my days when I drove a 1991 Ford Escort station wagon, money was tight. Didn't have two nickels to rub together. I wish Dave was around back in those days. Uh, Cause Dave, it's a banking app that could help get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash, no interest, late fees or credit checks. That's that, you know, again, right there, some extra cash, help knock out some bills, catch up on some gifts, whatever it is, get some financial relief with Dave and extra cash. All you got to do is a download the Dave app from the app store right now, or go to dave.com sign for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees, apply banking provider by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Joining us on the line, co-host of the Always Cheating Podcast, a fantasy Premier League podcast on the Blue Wire Network, Mr. Josh London. Thanks for calling in, Josh. 
Oh, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, very, very happy to be here. You know, honestly, Sean, anytime I hear always lead something off, I think of always sunny. <laughs> yes. And so yeah, I, I, could, yeah. I couldn't help but think about that. But always, I love the handle, Hail Cheaters. I mean, so yeah, yeah. Where, do, where does that come from? <laughs> yeah, always cheating is this. Uh, I, I'm actually an Arsenal supporter. And so when you when you watch other teams play Arsenal, there's this chant they've been doing. I mean, as long as, as far as I know, like for 50 plus years, uh, called same old Arsenal, always cheating. And uh, it's just very British. I mean, as you can tell <laughs> right away, I, I am a very American person, but uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, kind of all the, all the British soccer slang. It's, it's kind of like college football slang. You know, I don't think we really have it for the pro sports here, but uh, so that's, that's the nature of the pod. Yeah. But we do, uh, uh, we do a weekly fantasy premier league pod and now we're, we're doing a daily pod uh, during the world cup called the world cup minute. And that's just straight, just straight kind of re uh, a 15 minute pod recap of what just happened that day. And then a look ahead to the matches that, that come the following day. I was awesome. going to say, Sean, we might accidentally fall into a yeah. world cup DFS uh, rabbit hole. If we, if we don't, if we're not careful, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're going to have to connect. We're going to have to connect him with Malcolm. Yes. I mean, uh, cause we we also have a guy hosting a, a daily, we have two guys, soccer gambling podcast, world cup gambling podcast. We got a ton of, uh, I mean, you more know, so for the, for the, uh, the sayings, Malcolm likes to uh, yes. bring to us from across the pond. <laughs> He's great. The British are great with their <laughs> phrases. Now real quick, how did you get into, did you grow up playing soccer? Then started watching yeah. early on it. It seems like Americans being fans of English soccer relatively new, but how'd you get into it? Yeah. I mean, I I'm from Michigan. Uh, I grew up a Michigan sports. I went to Michigan state, you know, so I grew up a college football, college basketball lions, you know, despairing, you know, <laughs> Midwestern. The, the lions have converted a lot of people to soccer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exact. You know, honestly, that's part of it. You know, I just, I barely ever had an NFL season that I was really into. And uh, the 2010 world cup, I just really, I really fell in love with, with the game. Uh, you know, I was living in, I, I moved to Brooklyn around that time. And uh, just in New York, I mean, you guys are in LA. It's like, you know, these cosmopolitan cities are a great place to watch world cup, right? Because they have all these these bars and you're like, wow, I didn't know there were so many Argentina supporters in this city. Yeah. Right. And they all sort of come out and you see the, you see the, you know, the jerseys, the kits come out and it's just a, it's just a fun atmosphere. And so I just, I just really got into it. And then, uh, yeah. And then, you know, when it was over, I was like, I want more of this. And so that, that August, the premier league season started, I started watching matches every, every weekend. And then I just kind of got increasingly hardcore about it. You know, I sort of took that, like that, American sports fans obsession and then brought it to the premier league. And so, so that's, that's, that's how I got it. And here. I'm curious. Cause like we often hear from folks and honestly, like just having guests on the show, there's something about having a British accent and talking about uh, soccer, AKA football, that just sounds right yeah. with, with your audience. Are they, are they like, is it the fact that you are Americans that's resonating <laughs> with them? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I do with my, my best friend, Brandon, and we, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And so the, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I could like, I think the chemistry is good. I think that's part of it. Uh, we also, you know, we have a, we release really early. Uh, we're like a Monday morning podcast, and especially in the UK, we record every Sunday night. And so for them, you know, even if, even if they, when they weren't inclined to listen to us, we're the first thing out of the gate every, every morning, <laughs> the hardcore so guys go, are like, I don't yeah. care who it is. I'm exactly. In. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Sounds well, a little bit like us, Sean, back yeah, when we started doing our NFL picks on Wednesday, that was ahead of market. 100%. Yeah, now, advantage. now, as far as like breaking it down from a fantasy perspective, like walk people through when you're, when you're kind of handicapping a game, what are yeah. some things you look for? And, and, and specifically maybe there's a different handicap for the world cup, but like what kind of sure. team are you looking for? What kind of plays? 
any sort yeah. of stats. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I'm kind of throwing all that the fantasy stuff out the window when it comes to the the World Cup because uh, there actually is a World Cup fantasy game. Uh, I got to be honest, I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's not a, it's not a great experience. The 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 Premier League, even the Premier League fantasy game itself, is a little. I, I think behind some of the American sports games, I mean, you, you know, if you play a NFL fantasy uh, in the, in the U S it's, it's, it's a much higher level, but you know, but, but that's okay. Right. Because it's, it's just, it's a slightly different game. It's like, it's more like playing a board game or something, <laughs> but <laughs> it, there's a huge, pace. I mean, more than, more than 10 million people play. It's a, it's, you know, there's a huge audience for it. Um, for the world cup though. I mean, I, I have a sort of interesting experience because I've been doing this weekly fantasy podcast for about seven years now. Uh, and mobile sports betting came to New York in January. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I jumped in, you know, two feet first. And so that's been, that's been a great experience. And so I've been, uh, kind of all in on, on, you know, soccer slash football betting and sort of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a whole different way of betting. Right. I mean, you know, there's lots of like the style, you know, double chance and draw no bet, like these things that you just don't really have in American sports so much. I mean, maybe there are maybe even hockey, not really. Right. And so it's kind of, uh, um, I, you know, I've really enjoyed that experience. And, you know, for example, I mean, I'm already thinking about the, you know, some of the matches that are, they're coming up over the course of the next week or so. And it's like, there's just, you know, there's just a lot of different, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I'll be playing a lot of outright markets. You know, I think there's a lot more advantage in playing some of these draw no bet markets, um, you know, well, and, double, double chance markets. And we've never seen Sean a world cup in the modern era of sports betting, yeah, which is AKA the, and, and how much product yes. can we put out there for us to bet? So uh, <laughs> yeah. from the, from the fantasy <laughs> angle, I would imagine like we, we I, I don't even know what to expect from a prop perspective, but it's going to be, it's going to be insane. I would imagine all yeah. the providers, all the prop providers, everyone's going to try to dabble in that. And yeah. if it's anything like the, the football product that we found, it's, it's very soft. I would imagine yeah, if you follow closely, value. you can get some serious value. Now, now you you yep. mentioned uh, some of the futures, but not necessarily the outrights. One of uh, one of the bets they have over on WinBet is when is stage of elimination, uh, which is a fun one. What do you think about stage of elimination for uh, USA? Group stages yeah. minus one forty, round of sixteens plus one seventy five, quarterfinals plus six fifty, semifinals seventeen to one. What about no no elimination? Stop right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> runner up is forty to one. Of course. <laughs> They are my dark horse team because I love America at one fifty yeah. to one. I don't recommend that to my clients, but what? Where do you have America yeah. uh, possibly crapping well, out here? That is a good question. Is there a market for them not getting out of the group stage? Because that that that's probably the best market. I mean, I think minus one forty doesn't honestly feel like a great price for yeah. for the U.S. to get out. Um, I mean, that Wales game is going to be super tricky. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the England match, I mean, we, we, we did draw with them 10 years ago. And so I think that that is something, <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, yeah, we'll like getting ahead again. to the USA England. Well, we game. also beat them yep. 200 years ago. Sean. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. yeah you right, forget exactly. about the revolutionary Revenge war game. that should count towards <laughs> our stats. Do you think I obviously USA would be a big dog in there, but paint a picture as to how USA either gets the draw or the win against this England team against England. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, the thing about England is, I mean, they're, they're, they, they play tight. I mean, we saw this in the, in the Euro 
you know, final last year. I mean, three missed pens, right? Uh, that was a game they had in hand. I mean, honestly, we saw it in the 2018 World Cup. I mean, they were they were up a goal on Croatia. They never should have lost that game. And so, yeah, the, you know, this is a team that is very much in its head. And I, it's kind of funny because in some ways, I actually like the England to win the World Cup market, but I also <laughs> could see them not qualifying from their group. It's a so weird, like a high variance it's, team. It's a classic. It's a high variance nothing, team. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, they're, I, it sounds a little bit like they have a little Kirk cousin, you know, like they're, they, they choke in the big moment, prime time. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see England <laughs> choke. Uh, do you have any sort of, uh, to that point of England being a long shot, do you have any sort of dark horse candidates uh, teams you like that you think actually do have a shot? I know obviously it's yeah. top heavy with uh, Argentina, Brazil, but yeah. do you have a, do you have a scrappy underdog you think could make a run besides America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's a good, it's honestly a pretty good tournament for market for underdogs in general. I mean, I, I think Brazil in some ways is, I mean, I, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me, but I, to me, they're, they're, a, they're a country that I'm kind of fading when it comes to the world cup. I mean, yeah. they're sort of, they haven't, the, the, the squad has really never won anything and they're sort of, you know, they've got the Danny Alves and um, Tiago Silva. These guys were 38 and 39, you know, their, their defenders are old. I mean, Neymar is, 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 is great. I mean, there's a lot of great players in there, but I, I'm not convinced it's all going to come together. I mean, I saw somebody earlier was like, oh, they've got, you know, the two greatest goalkeepers in the premier league playing. It's like, well, only one of them can play, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, they have a lot of depth, but it's, it's not clear that it's all going to, it's all going to work out. And so I think, I mean, the one club that, that stands out to me um, that it maybe could be a little bit like Croatia four years ago uh, is that Denmark team. And I, yeah. I don't even know if I'm sort of breaking any, ground here with that. But I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. They've got a, they've got a great keeper in Schmeichel. They have a pyramid Hoiberg, you know, the midfield's pretty strong in general. You've got Ericsson and the sort of, if you guys, I don't know how you guys feel about narrative type stuff. But oh, I mean, we love you, it. You know? Yeah. I mean, the narrative around Ericsson is great, right? I mean, this is a guy who collapsed in the pitch in the Euros last summer. It looked like he was going to maybe pass, you know, on the pitch. I mean, it was, I don't know if you guys remember this moment. It was incredibly yeah. harrowing, Very crazy right? uh, sports moment where, yeah, he had, yeah. A, well, he had an issue with his heart completely collapsed and, and they, no one knew what to do. Yeah. On our future yeah. show, we actually stepped out to say like, we really like pairing Denmark as the, the, the first place in that group to either uh, win over France or uh, I forget if it was Australia or Tunisia, we said, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think we, we agree with you that they're a, they're a fun team and yeah, we're, we're a hundred percent, a narrative based handicapping <laughs> show. Well, and, and you mentioned narrative. We have a conspiracy theory that um, Qatar will make it out of the group stage. The, yeah. the logic being one, uh, I think it was since 1990, every host nation has made it out of the group uh, stage, except one and yep. two. I mean, if Qatar did whatever they had to do to get the world cup, you think maybe they'll go the extra mile, maybe talk to a couple officials. There's a bunch of rumors online about them paying Ecuador's players to take a fall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we gave it out at five to one. It's already three to one. Do you think Qatar has a chance to move out of the group stage? Oh, hundred percent. And I, and I regret not, not buying that. You know, I think you, you get it at like four sixty a week yeah. ago. And that was, no, it's all the way down know. to three to one. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Sadio Mane, who's uh, Senegal's best player, they have now confirmed that he is not going to be able to play in the tournament at all. Oh. Really heartbreaking is, you know, if you're for all Liverpool supporters out there, I mean, he's just a, you know, legendary player. So he's not going to play. It's still a very good squad, but they've kind of lost their, their, you know, talismanic force. And so I, I, you know, I think that, you know, and like you said, I, mean, I think actually only two, two clubs in history have failed to get out of the group stage as the host country, like throw the, you know, for the, whatever, oh, for the, the entire thing, yeah. the world cup. Yeah. So I think they've got a great shot. Like you said, I mean, 
they've it's been a little crooked from the start, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so who knows? <laughs> it is. I, I. This is why it's great to be having this happen in in the con, the modern age of technology and Twitter and all this. Because, I mean, come on, the, they they were willing to pay to have this lavish tournament. Yeah, in right, their country, right. they're obviously going to see what it might take to get <laughs> get a couple extra games. You you've, you've come this far. Uh, they don't yeah. seem like they're hung up on maybe some you know some ethics when it comes to no compliance to. department over there. <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, and and to that point, I mean, again, they had to move it from the summer to now in November, so it's slightly cooler. But it looks like it's still going to be very hot. Uh, we have a theory that we're kind of yeah. leaning into that we think it's going to be a little bit more under based. Some of these European teams that are probably the more high scoring, better offenses may struggle in the heat. Whereas like yeah. maybe a South American country or these African nations that are used to playing maybe at those temperatures uh, may not affect them as much. So it'll bring the total goals down. Do you think yeah. there's anything to that or does it work the opposite way and the defense is worn out and it creates more scoring? I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, just in general, I feel like you're probably going to be safer going, going unders, right? It's yeah. Just, when in doubt, you know, there's more value in that too, probably. But I think um, it's hard, you know, the, the 2010 world cup was, was a, was a kind of, you know, well, I, w- I shouldn't say famously the 1990 uh, Italy world cup. I mean, I guess which another warm weather one. So, I mean, you know, there, there, are, there was a long history of some warm weather world cups being pretty low scoring. And, the, and of course you have the, uh, the Brazil in uh, 20, whatever that was 2014. Yeah. Uh, and that one was like insanely high scoring. So um, I, I feel like I can't say confidently that uh, that it'll be low scoring, but I think it kind of makes sense. I mean, I guess the argument sort of two, two ways to look at it and maybe yeah. this isn't very helpful, but, but you know, <laughs> the one, well, the one way is that just, you know, in general, these guys haven't had a lot of time to drill, you know, like the, I mean, the premier league season ended a week ago, right? Yeah. We've gone from a week, you know, a week off to the world cup. There's really no time for these guys to, to to drill, and so it would make sense to set up in a more kind of like defensive counterattacking style, right? It's just an easier thing to to teach. I mean, it's you know, it's Burhalter. This is kind of the great complaint about him, right? Is that he wants this free flowing attacking football, but he has these guys like four times a year. Um, the counterpoint would be that because they haven't played together, there's kind of no style that's going to stop them from 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 letting goals through because they just they're not going to be cohesive enough to, you know, to, to stop it. So I, I, I'm kind of, um, I think with, you know, the first week or so I, I'm probably going to be a little more careful in some of my betting. I think we'll have a better sense by the time that kind of first week is done. Um, you know, what kind of, what kind of tournament we're in for, right? Like what, what this, what the story Well, we'll, we'll be happy to share the results of our uh, we're deploying a study this year, <laughs> every team's All opening right. match first half under we'll be, we'll be on that. So we'll report, report back. <laughs> we do it in college uh, basketball all the time. And, and it's a similar idea of maybe you haven't uh, played on that stage. You, you're not familiar with that opponent. You're a little uh, unfamiliar conditions. It's just going to new feeling new. out yeah. uh, type situation. Uh, while we're talking scoring, I'd love to get any thoughts on the golden boot. Of course, the, uh, yeah. perf- the, the, uh, the, the player to score the most goals in the world cup. Uh, you yep. know, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, one of our picks, uh, Lee Toro <laughs> Martinez oh, apologies. Mm-hmm. I'm horrible at yep. pronouncing he's on yep. Argentina, 25 yep. goals in 49 games. He's got Messi setting him up. It's I, I like that play, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on the golden boot market. Yeah, I mean, I, Benzema is the one that stands out to me. Okay, uh, Karim Benzema is the uh, Ballon d'Or winner, uh, plays for Real Madrid. Um, has not been uh, 
has not been playing for the for the French national team. Uh, this is kind of a the famous story that you can dig into. It involves a blackmail and uh, a court case. It's pretty interesting. Oh, nice. Actually. Yeah, he blackmailed one of his teammates. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he kind of came back, won the Ballon d'Or. And so he's this, um, but he's an incredible goal scorer um, and, uh, and a real natural goal scorer. And that, and that French team is just loaded with, I mean, honestly, you could, you could kind of pick almost anyone from that front line for France and they all would be um, reasonable picks. Uh, but I, I just think that Benzema kind of has something to prove in this tournament. I also think that France is a pretty good chance of going reasonably far in the tournament. Um, so he would be kind of my, I'm not looking at all the numbers right now, but he, you know, he, yeah, like, he's, in terms of value, but yeah. yeah Benzema is uh plus 700 over on win bet. So that's, that's oh, not, I'm going to have to dig in deeper on this. Black <laughs> okay. Style. That's yeah. And me too. Yeah. Same here. I'm going to jump on after this. Pod. <laughs> um, cool. What do you, uh, I, I guess before we let you go, we got to get you know your final thoughts on on how the tournament. Well, be- is before sure. we get that, just watching situation wise, you're on the East Coast, so the games will yep. be five a.m. through and through. Like, are you even yeah. planning on working during the World <laughs> Cup? How how are you going to handle juggle it's, the situation? It's not easy. I mean, uh, thankfully, the U.S. England game is the Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, right? So it'll be this, this <laughs> Tuesday at, at two p. Or, I mean, this Friday at two p.m. Yeah. Uh, well, two p.m. Eastern time, I should say. Yeah, you guys are really screwed out in LA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like, I remember when we had, a uh, uh, the, the South Korea world cup, mm. it was kind of like that. You were getting up at 3am and 5am to watch, to watch the games. But yeah, I think, um, it's not going to be easy to get any work done. I'll be totally honest with you guys. Uh, you know, I, I do work from home most of the time, so that'll, that'll help a little bit, but, uh, you know, I, I'm taking off all the days when, when the U S plays, that's nice. just sensible. It's and, responsible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And thankfully, <laughs> you know, this watching soccer is to a certain degree, my job. And nice. so I can kind of get away with it uh, on the weekends. My, my sound like me explaining to my it. wife, like I'm a workaholic. Listen, I gotta, yeah, exactly. I, I, what can I, I do? Honey, I'm going to work. <laughs> Hitting a couple of bets always helps. And you're like, yeah, see, see, <laughs> see yeah, exactly, what I'm doing yeah. over here. Yep. So yeah, before we let you go and of course, make sure you uh, subscribe to the always cheating podcast. Give them a follow on Twitter at hail cheaters, but Josh, give us some like final predictions. Uh, maybe, yeah. th- maybe besides like uh, who's going to win, but a- anything else we didn't cover before we let you go. Yeah, I think, uh, I think fading those uh, South American teams that that's really where, where I, I feel like there's just in general, I think there's, they're slightly overrated because people see uh, famous players on those squads and and it kind of, it, you know, makes it seem like they're kind of automatically going to do super well. And I, I mean, talk about England torture. I mean, you know, Brazil and Argentina have both been a little tortured themselves the last few years, really a lot of pressure on them. Argentina, maybe less so they finally won the Copa America last year. And they've, they've got this guy, Emmy Martinez now who uh, is the keeper for Aston Villa. And he's kind of, he's kind of psychotic, but in a good way, you know, he's got this <laughs> great like energy. And so I'm, I'm kind of pulling for them. I do like Messi. I mean, when it in the Messi versus Ronaldo battle, I, I would say I'm more of a, more of a Messi guy. Messi. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I mean, I'm sort of, um, I think that France is France and England are slightly undervalued. I would okay. say France, you know, France, uh, just, I think there's a lot of feeling like, you know, it's very rare that a country's won back to back. It has happened. I think Brazil, uh, maybe most recently uh, has done it, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not super common, but it's a kind of different French team. A lot of the players who are on Paul Pogba, for example, is not even on the French team this year. And he was kind of the most important player in 2018. So it's, it, it feels like a different version of that squad, but they're so incredibly talented uh, that I, I just, I, you know, I think they've got a really good chance. And then England, 
I mean, the narrative of them sort of getting their heart broken again and again, and maybe, <laughs> maybe this is the year, but I, I think, I think they have some value there too, just because no one kind of believes they can actually do it. But I mean, Southgate's a reasonable coach. He's fairly yeah. conservative. And even though that makes him kind of, um, at a, and you know, some of the, some of the British supporters really despise that, right. That he's <laughs> a little bit rigid in his style, but I, I wonder for a tournament like this, when people haven't played together too much, um, if that could actually really help England and maybe, um, be a little bit of a benefit that they kind of just know how they're going to play in the world cup. Oh, Sean. And, and of course they're playing for the queen. You ne- never know. Oh, what kind right. of That's tra- true. Yeah. Tragic magic could happen. Win there. one for the queen. All right. So <laughs> look to fade the South American countries. Check. England and France underrated. And then of course, subscribe to the always cheating podcast and make sure you follow them on Twitter at hail cheaters. Josh, appreciate the time and uh, best of luck. Yeah. My pleasure guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks to all our guests, Ryan talking soccer, AKA uh, well, it's, you know, we, 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 we know what the real football is the national football league. Hey, if you're watching live on YouTube, youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast, we will be back uh, shortly as we got a DFS props edition for Thanksgiving. And of course our NFL picks episode covering every NFL game against the spread. Make sure you get your Thanksgiving bingo card exclusively on the SGPN app. Thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast. For the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean, second in the morning green. He's Ryan. USA. USA. Kramer, let it ride.